your mother. It's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just the duo of feathery weather and weather in any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's top with cheese. It's Philadelphia. Both and Zach kicking it cooler than two. Until Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Zach coming at you with steps and things flapping We are going to rip out the hearts of other podcasts. We are going to bite off their eyeballs. We are going to start every segment watching the scene from The Last of the Mohicans where the guy takes a bite out of the other guy's heart. We may not be good, but we're going to be nasty. We're going to reflect the blue-collar nature of this city. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Birds with Friends on a Friday afternoon. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, Marissa Dunn here. Big show coming up. We got a um, big Eagles-Titans game to talk about, dive into the matchups, do a little crow thine enemy on that team. We've got swooper sorecasting as Zach continues to make a push, but he is turkey light this week. We've got uh, some other stuff, and then we're going to close the show. You know, I told you last episode we were going to have a very prominent hashtag sports Indian coming on, and we will be joined at the end of the show by none other than Kevin Nagandi from ESPN. Talk a little birds, talk a little temple, talk a little... Alan uh, Iverson. Alan Iverson, yeah. So stay around for that. Lots of good stuff to get to. But um, Zach, you know, I think the I think the measure of a good newsman is someone who is able to rankle the people in charge, the people that he covers. And so I, I think... Today was a good example of why you are uh, the the king of the beats in in some facets, uh, the head honcho, the El Presidente. Let's uh, let's hear a little bit from Nick Sirianni. <laughs> exactly. I'm not give you any of that. <laughs> all right. Has anybody but we'll Zach got a question? I'm actually mad at you, Zach. That's <laughs> from thinking. Has anybody but Zach got a question? I stand by Zach. <laughs> all right. Anybody but Zach right. and Tim got a question? Elliot. Now, Tim McManus stepping in for Zach. You got to respect the the, the T Mac, but but Zach, good job by you. No, good job there. Uh, but yeah, Nick has Nick has good personality, and he he was able to draw a few laughs there. So Marissa knew all along. You calling him ugly? <laughs> What's that? Are you calling God. him ugly when you say he has a good personality? <laughs> no, I I got I I don't know what you want me to contribute right now. <laughs> Right now, what do you want me to address here? There, there's, there's nothing to address. I'm, I'm just, I'm congratulating you on doing the job well there's enough that you're, you're right, getting a... into the skin of powerful people. <laughs> Nick Sirianni has a big game this weekend against the Tennessee Titans, and he's got a big game against that. you. Apparently, that's what he's focused on. Hey, trust me, he's not focused on that. Bo was speeding home, Zach, and <laughs> managed to get me that. Um, yep. and said, "Can you cut Op- this, please?" <laughs> Operative word being speeding, right? That's right. Yeah. Yes. Going to, I was going 100 miles an hour down Columbus Boulevard, just whipping through. Uh, Marissa, how are you? I'm doing great. Um, we have an awesome show ahead. But a big game of Swooper. Kevin joining us. Really excited for that. So yeah, big big show. Big mm. game this weekend. Lots going on. Got a good pecanist migrate plan for uh, for Kevin. We'll see how he handles that. Yeah, you know, lots of good stuff. Go I'm ahead. Doing well, it's it's a great slate of games overall yeah, this weekend, really right? Like I in yeah. the picks column that that comes out tomorrow, Flex. I have to do the premiere game every week. 
And it was hard to pick the premier game because there's three games this week that jump out. There's obviously the Eagles Titans is a big one. There's the Chiefs Bengals. There's the Dolphins, you know, the the uh, the Dolphins game in there too. Uh, Which so one did you go with? I went with Chiefs Bengals rematch okay. of the AFC Championship game last year. Yeah, Dolphins Niners. I'm interested to see. Yeah, uh, like which which of those teams is for real? Um, I, I like the Dolphins, but they're going to be without Teron Armstead, so yeah. we'll see what happens. I, I see uh, Daniel Turner in the chat says zero context on the clip. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm I'm not going to get into any of the context there because it was based on a conversation that wasn't on the record. And uh, I want I doubt Nick's watching this, but I want Nick to know that what he says to me in confidence. He, he can trust that it remains pillow talk. So, no, not pillow talk. So, so yeah, so that's, that's not something that, that it, it was, it was based on a conversation off camera, if you will. I think it shows his relationship with you and, you know, likes to have a little fun. And I thought it was a good little Friday afternoon banter. Look, I got four brothers. So there's, there's very little <laughs> that can be said to me that will get under my skin. So. <laughs> That's why you, well, you do Tim's so well on here. Your side. Elliot threw you under the bus. Elliot <laughs> yeah, right I, in. And Elliot and I are close. I, I got to ask Elliot about that one. Yeah. That's, Bo started yeah. talking, but I tried to read. That was audio. Elliot doing your, um, uh, you got to outrun the guy next to you thing. That was him <laughs> yeah. putting, lacing up his boots and saying, as long as I can outrun Zach, I'll get to the front of the, the, the class. How about T-Mac there, man? What Fantastic. A and that's why, that's why the other uh, sports Indian who shall not be named used to used to say that he was the best but I, I i have to ask bo why did you jump in there it's a good question and i said and i did say something under my breath afterwards uh after elliot said that um and i was not cut up caught on the mic but i think i was just caught caught by surprise but sirianni but i did i was prepared to if it continued because i obviously sit next to zach i'm uh his co-worker uh <laughs> without a name i was prepared to uh stand up and get in between them and and really uh, make sure that this didn't didn't get come to blows. Okay, good. I it would not have happened. <laughs> I, I I would take Nick in that fight. You would take him down. I agree. No, I, I would pick <laughs> Nick. I mean, how many U's would you need to take down Nick? You think? Make love, not war, man. Right? Like I'm not <laughs> I'm not gonna fight. Uh, yeah, but if this I is like know. the horse sized duck question, how many Zach Bermans yeah. beat beat up a Nick Sirianni? I think I think two gets it done. I always hear no line deal, man, low man wins, right? So maybe uh, maybe get leverage. There you go. All right. Uh, well, there is some news to get to from the Novacare Complex. We had a, had a nice football-heavy episode on Wednesday, but there's some things that have happened since. And uh, with eyes on a big matchup on Sunday, why don't we send it over to the stone-cold newsman himself, the – uh, Woodward of the Eagles beat, who is uh, making the, I didn't, I said it as so you're, you are getting under the skin of the powerful people in charge. Uh, everybody in the Eagles Novacare complex is scared when the shadow of Zach Berman approaches and they hear that he's on the, on the path to the truth. Let's send it to Zach Berman now. The Philadelphia Eagles practiced this afternoon, or this morning rather, uh, and 
it was the final practice of the week. Jordan Davis on the practice field. He's not yet on the 53-man roster, still on IR at this point, but has practiced, and it looks like he's gearing to play. Spoke to Jordan Davis yesterday. Nick Sirianni addressed it today. Nothing official there, but certainly going in the right direction at this point. I didn't get that. Can you try again? And then, uh, additionally, sorry, uh, Zach, I didn't get that. Could you try again? Sorry, my my Siri picked up something that I said. Uh, <laughs> additionally, Sean C. Gardner Johnson on the fifty three, not yet on IR. Nick Sirianni said still had a battery of tests. Sirianni, that's what's doing it. They they oh okay that would make sense. They haven't determined yet uh, whether he will go on IR, but that is something to watch because if he does, he will miss the next four games. But the Eagles do have a transaction that will need to be made for Jordan Davis. So whether that's someone they cut, whether that's someone they put on the IR, um, certainly something to monitor in these next few days. Other than that, that's that's the big news. Really, the Eagles don't have many injuries of note. I know the big news last week was Josh Jobs. <laughs> Josh, Josh Jobs' injury is is not such big news uh, this week. Uh, they they had a few guys who were banged up um, based on with uh, groin injuries, some some receivers, but we're back at practice yesterday. So looking good for the Eagles. Gardner Johnson and Jordan Davis are the two ones to monitor. Back to you in the studio, Bo. Thanks, Zach. Uh, so if the Eagles are going to do this Jordan Davis activation, they, they can wait until tomorrow, correct? Correct. They have until 4 o'clock tomorrow. And they don't need to – like, he doesn't need to be declared on the injury report. Um, because no, because the not... injury report's only players on the 53. Right. So that's a I, – I mean, in the the grand scheme of things, a tiny little thing, but it's, I'm sure that's a, the, the little advantage that they're trying to use in their favor. That's why Jordan Davis won't say whether he's playing, even though you can sort of tell from his smile and the way that he's answering questions and, like, the fact that he's practicing that it seems pretty likely he's going to be activated, right? I would agree. And uh, – the fact that he's practicing and this is uh, the week and he's moving. Well, this is a, a week when they badly need him. Absolutely. Okay. And do you have any guesses as to what the corresponding move will be? We talked about it the other day, but yeah, I don't have a strong guess at this point. Uh, the Gardner Johnson one will be obvious if he's going to miss four games, but we don't know if he's going to miss four games. Right. And other than that, can they find and you know, the phantom injury to stash someone on IR? I don't have a good answer. Do they, I mean, do they cut Covey and go with someone else in the return game? Do they uh, promote someone from the uh, – or elevate someone from practice squad there? There are a few different things they could do in that spot, but uh, I don't have a good guess. What's your guess? You seem – you are the king of the beats when it comes to roster machinations. Yeah, you already asked me this on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, you might you might have been looking at um, Zach Eflin's deal at the time. But, no, that happened uh, last night, and I did. Yeah, I understand. Right. Um, yeah, I think Shelby Miller to the Dodgers. That, mm. yeah, saw that. Okay, go on. Um, I think if it's not Gardner Johnson, then I think it probably is Covey. Yeah. Although Job is a possibility to IR, but I think if it's a cut, then then Covey is the one that makes sense to me. What about the special teams? We talked about some of the things they could do. Do you think they're gonna have some starters play? You think we're gonna see a, a Devin Allen or a, a Christian Ellis elevated for the game? I think there's going to be personnel changes there. Whether that is players from the starting lineup who will play on special teams or players from the practice squad who are elevated, I don't think you'll see the same 11 on kickoff coverage that you saw last week. Uh, 
I don't know which direction they're going to go. Devin Allen would be an interesting one. You, we did talk about that on Wednesday's show. He excelled as a gunner uh, and in in the preseason. I don't know if if they need help at, at gunner, like you mentioned, but if they feel like he's someone who can run down kicks and be productive, it's it's something to watch. And he's also someone, for instance, if he can help you in kickoff coverage and then potentially even return for you, right? If you, if you do make a cubby move, uh, that got Bo really excited. <laughs> he really Drop, wants to see Devin out there. Dropped my mic. He I thought I was going to see gonna, Devin Allen out there. That was going to be the thing to take my audio out, but it, it worked yeah. out. Um, I don't know. What do you? Again, I will defer to you here. What do you think? Um, yeah, I think. I, I mean, I think we're going to see some changes. We've already talked about this. No, but do you think it's going to be Devin Allen? Conversation think, now. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think he'll, I think I think I guess he would be my number one guess um, for kickoff coverage, and then Ellis after that. You know, one thing I was thinking about this week to give you some, or to give our audience some, some uh, how the sausage is made, or what's how the tofu is made. Is is that mm-hmm. what you and Sheil used to say? Uh, Me and is, who? <laughs> is that the the well, all NFL teams have three practices a week, right? And Wednesday's practice, we used to be able to see quite a bit. Now, later in the season, something then the Eagles did this last year, they shift the walkthroughs instead of the what the traditional Wednesday practice. Um, and by shifting, and, and, and we're not allowed at walkthroughs, right? Because walkthroughs, by definition, everything is a team drill. It's not an individual drill. But you don't get the, the, uh, the same feel for what's going on with the roster mm. as if you're there on a Wednesday with a Wednesday. You can and a Friday practice is open for about like three minutes. Just stretching. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They get, they get right in, into the team stuff on, on Fridays. So, and then Thursdays, um, I, if you look at the pictures that other reporters and I, Bo doesn't typically post pictures from practice, but there's enough from, of those going around. Yeah. From the Thursday practice. I mean, it might as well be at, at Xfinity live from there's, there are three fields at the Eagles facility and in training camp, in training camp, all three fields are parallel to each other. Okay. They changed the format during the regular season. And, uh, and so they, they practice in a distance on Thursday where credit to Dave Zangaro, he, he brings his binoculars to practice. But even to the naked eye and even with binoculars, you you can't pick up as much as those Wednesday sessions. So that's a, a long way of saying that we ascertained less from practice as we would in a typical week. There you go. Uh, those of you already doing it in the chat, uh, feel free to continue doing your swooper submissions. We'll get to that in the next Segment, but Zach, let's talk a little bit about this this Titans team, this matchup, this physical wrestle you team. Uh, Titans come in thirteenth in DVOA. Eagles are third. Uh, Titans are tenth uh, in defensive DVOA, but they're built uh, much differently than the Eagles. Obviously, they are seventeenth against the pass and number one against the run, um, despite the fact that they uh, do not generally load the box. You know, they generally win against the run with their guys up front, um, with their four or five guys up front. Uh, they blitz at the lowest rate in the entire league. Uh, they're very much a, like, we will line up and beat you uh, man on man 
And then when they do blitz, you know, they, 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 they disguise things well and they disguise even when they rush four, where those four are coming from. Um, however, this, this matchup of the Titans run defense against the Eagles run offense, um, I think is really, really interesting. I'm, I'm really curious to see how the Eagles approach this, whether they uh, embrace the fight and try to run on them up the middle, um, whether it is more of a Jalen Hurts uh, designed run game or whether they think, you know, we made this trade. We got AJ Brown. We're going to shove him in your face and we're going to throw him the ball uh, against this, this pass defense. That is just okay. Uh, obviously Eagles number three overall in DVOA on offense, sixth passing number one running. So number one run against number one run D very interesting. Yes. Uh, this is a fascinating matchup. Like you said, a few things here from the start and it affects it. It, it goes into this. Mike Vrabel told reporters that the Nico Autry and Elijah Molden, two players on their defense, ruled out, okay? And I bring that up as a way of saying that when you look at that run defense, uh, or you look at that, that defense overall, Jeffrey Simmons is a blue-chip player. Autry is a really good player for them. Bud Dupree is a good player for them. Um, their nose tackle uh, is a tired tar. Philly guy, right, from mm. West Philly. Big fella, uh, big, strong, powerful man. Yeah, so he's 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 coming back home always – Always like a always like to see a Philly player, um, but but they're related to Jaquaski. No, spelled differently. One fewer T. Uh, Low T. I know Jim. <laughs> I know Jim Schwartz is not their defensive coordinator, but Jim Schwartz has a big role on this Titan staff. And having covered Jim Schwartz for five years, I I can tell you his defenses were always really good against the run. Uh, they, they, they were, it was, it was a big part of what they did. And Jeffrey Simmons might be the best defensive tackle in football this year, uh, or defensive lineman in football. So, so, um, yeah, their, their personnel is good. Their scheme's good. They're going to be really tough there. The flip side to that, and you mentioned this, not a particularly good pass defense. And we talked about this all year with the Eagles. They're built to play different styles, they depending on the opponent, they can adjust. I know the the Saints game last year, the Jags game this year, you brought this up on Wednesday's pod, they take pride in being able to run no matter who the opponent is. But when you look at what the Titans have, it would behoove them to pass the ball. Uh, and it would behoove the Eagles to pass the ball. That's why I really think this is a Jalen Hurts through the air game. This is, a, this is an A.J. Brown game, um, Devontae Smith. Uh, I was looking at the weather. It's it's you know December chilly, but it's not crazy winds. I I, a I nip know, in the air. Yeah, I know the Eagles. Uh, they're gonna have a Saturday situational meeting tomorrow, where one thing that comes up is that um, Jets game from from two weeks ago when like they couldn't pass the ball. Right there was there was so much wind. Uh, but I don't anticipate that being the case on Sunday. So, so look, I, I, I think the Eagles are going to have an advantage in the passing game. Pay attention to A.J. Brown. I mean, my my guess is you'll see, what, Christian Fulton on him. Um, Where could we read a little bit more about A.J. Brown <laughs> going up against his former team? A.J. Brown, you, you can read about it on, on The Athletic, and the story is more about A.J. It's more than – just AJ Brown going up against his former team. It's AJ Brown. Well, I didn't mean to denigrate the, the story. No, 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 you're not. But if I can just get like 30 seconds to to, to pitch the story here to the audience, if 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 you haven't read it yet, uh, AJ Brown 
um, when he was talking about the when he was talking about Jalen Hurts going back to Houston, I asked him when he went back to Starkville when he was in college. Okay, because it was a big deal for someone who grew up in Starkville to go to Ole Miss. And he explained that game, and he said it was the perfect game. It's something he's been chasing ever since. He had a huge game that day. And he's someone who who embraces the big stage. And there was a there was an anecdote that I started the story with. That the first game he ever played in the, in the NFL, he had a big game that day, right? Well, they, put, they played against the Cleveland Browns. Well, shout out to Marissa here, but this was pre-Michael Dunn. And it was actually the first game that Odell Beckham Jr., Played in for the Browns. You might have heard Odell Beckham Jr. in the news this week and last week and every single week. Um, but uh, not fired. <laughs> but you're way uh, over 30 seconds, by the way. But go ahead. So there was a standing ovation for Odell and Jarvis Landry when they came on the field, and AJ Brown is, is sitting there, standing there, watching this, and he says, "They're gonna, they're gonna be here to watch me. They're coming to watch me." And then he. Not Jarvis Landry, not Oda Buckham Jr. AJ Brown, the second round pick who very little knew about, had the most receiving yards in that game. And I talked about that. I talked about his personality. Um, I, I learned more from AJ, learned more from Aaron Moorhead. There was stuff on the cutting floor. What's what's the expression? The, cutting room floor. Yeah, yeah, the cutting room floor that didn't get in, but that also was kind of revealing about AJ. So uh, make sure the you real check that Sophie's out choice episode. having to decide what to cut. <laughs> Oh, I, that's not Sophie's choice because it's not a bad outcome either way. So, I, I think you. I think every you sentence, every sentence is your baby, right? Um, yeah, yeah, to a certain extent, you're more territorial about that stuff than I am. But okay, it's because I it's because I'm driving so fast. <laughs> and things do get under your skin more than they get under mine, apparently. There's a, you know, the, uh, what's that, what's that word, um, that we both have trouble pronouncing in one of the ad reads that sounds like Kurt Coleman. <laughs> Kirkman. 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 There's a guy in the chat who's, whose name every night, every time I see it, it, it reads like Kirkman to me. <laughs> Kermo man. Yeah. This one. Yeah. Shout out to Josh T in the chat. Always, always, I saw him a few hours ago, but I always appreciate when he, when he tunes in. There you yeah, go. and I liked his tweet today about the the pudding, right? Mm. Why didn't you guys get get any pudding? Mm. Sore subject, I think that pudding. <laughs> well, now you got to tell us. No, you no no. Stay tuned. That's all I'll say. Stay tuned. Okay. Okay. Next, starting a, a YouTube cooking channel, and this first no. thing is going to be no, if, making if, that banana pudding recipe. No, if if you read the Darius Slay James Bradbury story a few weeks ago, there was a reference. The banana pudding in there, and perhaps there will be more banana pudding content to come in the future. Mm. It's gonna Zach is starting a, a different YouTube channel that is gonna be banana pudding fights between young coeds. <laughs> that that's, that's, that's why he's been the, he's been going to every campus in the continental US well, recruiting that, for his well, big banana pudding a, venture. That is such a weird comment to make. Like I, I don't even know how you get from point A to point B on that one, right? Like, I, I don't know how we get from talking about a story on banana pudding to something about <laughs> I don't even know what you just said. But setting up such a leap right there. Setting up booths at the student unions. <laughs> Come sample this banana pudding. That's the intro. Uh all right.
Uh, Bo else? did give me a funny look today when when uh, I was talking about we were talking about um, San Francisco and where the the uh, the Forty ers they play in San Jose and we we're talking about when you cover a Forty ers game part of the the I don't want to say thrill but but part of the enjoyment is getting you know a day in San Francisco but they're so far away and I said well you could go to Palo Alto which is kind of in between. San Francisco and uh, San Jose. I mean, if you've been to Palo Alto, Stanford's campus is beautiful. And I mentioned this, and Bo like he he had this look on his I don't face. I think I gave like, you a weird look because that didn't catch me by surprise at all. No, but but like oh, of of, of course you would propose going to Palo Alto. Hmm. Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, that's true. All right. Anything else about the uh, the Titans defense yeah. against the Eagles offense? As you said, Autry out, which is a big a big thing, and and Jeffrey Simmons is uh hampered but it sounds like he's gonna play um i don't know i i i'm curious because as much as the matchup on paper would tell you that this is a, a big opportunity for the eagles to lean into their passing game i think there's like something about nick sirianni that sort of like wants to take on the the uh wrestling match and prove that they are just as tough if not tougher than the titans and so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Obviously, he would he would rather pass, but I'm curious. Yeah, there. It's it's a good point because there. You know, we mentioned that Saints game. We mentioned that Jags game. I just think that uh, this this sets up for a huge AJ Brown game. I really think that's the case, and I keep going back to that all week. Like it would surprise me if AJ Brown doesn't hit the over this week. So, do you know what the line is? I think it's 78 and a half. I, I'd have to. Okay. It's a big line. To look that yeah. Up. Um, let me see here. That is not in tomorrow's pick column. It, it was four and a half. Or no. He's talking about the, the line for um, AJ Brown's receiving oh. yards. Okay. Uh, you can keep talking. I will look this okay. up here. Uh, I'll give you a little, uh, little lowdown on the other side of the matchup in that case. Uh, Titans offense. 19th overall in DVOA, 13th in the pass, 18th in the run. Uh, they are, as you know, one of the more run-heavy teams in the league. Um, Traylon Burks has has started to flash the last two weeks. He's got more receiving yards than any other rookie. Um, and I think he's got a little bit of juice. And I think that if you're thinking about like how the Titans might vary, uh, from their normal playbook, I think it's it would be theoretically trying to take advantage of Reed Blankenship, uh, a player who um, I think we saw last week like is willing to trust his first instinct. And so this Titans offense that is very play action heavy uh, might think that they can they can suck Reed Blankenship in on, on a few of those plays, uh, maybe even on early downs. But I also think that the expectation here that the Titans are going to try to control the ball with uh, Derrick Henry for as long as they can is probably what they are going to try to do. So um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Now, Ben Jones, it also sounds like is going to play. Uh, and that is big for them as well, especially going up against what we presume to be the Linval Joseph, Jordan Davis uh, rotation or tandem or whatever the Eagles are going to do up front. Do you think they're going to play differently up front because of Derrick Henry, Zach? Do you think we're going to see two huge guys on the field at the same time, or maybe like a, a heavy line, like a, a three linebacker package or something like that. 
Three linebacker packages is, is interesting. I didn't think about that. I was thinking just more odd man fronts where, and and perhaps you have an odd man front where you have Joseph Ann Davis in there, right? Because Joseph can play different techniques, right? Uh, I mean, I suppose Davis can too, but my guess is you see more alternating between Joseph and and Davis, but they, they get into their even man fronts or their even fronts um, in – passing situations and I can see them just leaning heavier into those odd fronts selling out against the run and look I I know it could be an, an inviting when Reed Blankenship's back there at safety but uh if you're the Eagles you would rather see the Titans try to beat you through the air than on the ground this game you know I don't really understand um it seems pretty normal to me when the Eagles have three defensive uh, tackles on the field. What what makes it so odd? Good joke. Good joke. Okay. Thank you. For for our audience, it's odd numbers on the front, not odd people on the front or an odd alignment. While I have this little break here, I know we're still talking about defense, but just real quick, um, the I, I saw this tweet from BetMGM that A.J. Brown over 74 and a half receiving yards is the uh, most bet prop on BetMGM um, this week. And now I see in the chat that others are, are saying FanDuel has them at 80 and a half. So uh, I know BetMGM is a partner, but. And a lot of love for the odd front joke. People really like that. <laughs> but uh, the the BetMGM line would seem more appealing on that one if mm. you're going with the over. Okay. Uh, I do. I think we're like. I know that Jonathan Gannon, um, we know we'll get on him for sticking to the same script. I think we might see a little something from him in this game against maybe Nicobe Dean, right? Maybe and maybe it's Nicobe Dean. Maybe it's uh like this would be weird, but maybe it's like a heavy a heavy nickel uh instead of Josiah Scott, it's like Kayvon Wallace on Kayvon the field. Wallace. I don't know if that's better. So um, you want so so if, if if you're thinking about getting your best eleven on the field, you got to get Blankenship and Wallace out. There. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that that is in service of getting your best eleven on the field, but in terms of like getting somebody, like I think he's a better tackler than uh, Josiah Scott. And if the Titans are not going to be in eleven personnel, you get somebody on the field. I think what it really means though is it's going to be, um, it's going to be those those odd five man fronts like a a heavy majority of the game. Um, and we'll see what happens. That's, I mean, I, I, I think Jordan Davis is going to play. I think he and Linval Joseph will both play about 50% of the snaps. It's going to be interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. This is, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think here too. Uh, Burks has, has, has come on, but still, I don't think he scares you the way he would have played Tennessee last year. And they had AJ Robert Woods hasn't, done as much this year i think about robert woods is uh he might be the best wide receiver in the entire nfl um (laughs) that was a call back to what chris collin or troy aikman it was was troy Uh aikman in 2017 yeah okay um shout out to marissa uh here because when i watched the titans on tuesday a player who jumped out to me is this rookie tight end uh uh chigo yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Jig. can you Jake Akawanu? Is that honestly? I don't know the correct Ak- pronunciation. It's very challenging, I know but it. Akan, yeah, I apologize. Yeah. I should um, know it too, but um, yeah, he, he yeah. he's been he's, having some really, really uh good flash plays this season. 
he's number 85, and he doesn't play as much because Austin Hooper is their top tight end. But, man, this guy gets – A, he gets downfield, and when the ball's in his hand, he's got some juice. So yeah. uh, he's he's kind of like an under-the-radar player to be mindful of if you're worried about the Eagles' safeties. If if you're saying that they don't have – you know, that blanket chip is a little blue and that's not a reference to the Blue Raiders um, – or right. the, no green, not not blue green, right? <laughs> I'm sorry, I messed up the expression. Well, if if you're inexperienced, you're green, right? Correct. Okay, yeah. So I don't know why I said blue. <laughs> I think I was trying to set up the joke and it didn't work. <laughs> I'll leave the jokes. I'll leave the jokes to Bill. You calling him um, a smurf? <laughs> no. Um. So, but uh, he's he's someone who has jumped out to me a bit. So pay attention to him. Okay. Anything else on that matchup, Zach? Uh, th- th- their offensive line isn't especially good. Correct. Um, so, yeah, something to watch there. I mean, I think the Eagles should have confidence in their D-line against this group, even as efficient as or as, as tough as, as, as Derrick Henry is to bring down. And then in the special teams matchup, um, mm-hmm. because we got to spend some time on that now, um, Titans not great, 15th overall in special teams DVOA, but the ways that they are good, they're only in the top 10 in one of the individual breakdown categories by DVOA, and that's in kickoff. And we already know the Eagles are bad at kickoff return. Their kickoff return is 21st in the league. So, um, again, I mean, the the Packers did not rate highly last week. So if the Titans do spring a big kickoff return or a big punt return, they also rank 21st in that, then, uh, yeah. Point the point the finger at the the Eagles special teams. We'll see what happens. All right, let's take a little break, short break. Come back. We got Swooper, and then after that, Kevin Nagandi joins the show. Stick around. Much more coming your way on Birds with Friends. Zach, start us off. Five. What? Wait. What? <laughs> Dennis is just ruined Zach's weekend. Swooper. Oh. <laughs> we are ready for another edition. Of Swooper Sorecasting, wherein we predict uh, and bid on what's going to happen in Sunday's game. We enter the arena. Marissa trailing behind with only one point. Zach in the middle with three. Me out in front with a bombastic seven points. A four-game lead as we uh, enter the stretch. Six games left in the regular season, but as long as the Eagles play into the playoffs... We will continue uh, working on, and and I think we're going to make those games worth more. So still plenty to play for here on Super Swordcasting. Zach, you enter today with only 12 turkeys to bid with. Tough spot for you and your hoarding. You're probably hoping for a tie this week. That's my guess. Marissa, you got 29 turkeys. You had five left over. I had seven left over, so I have 31. And I believe we start with Marissa this week. Oh, okay. All right. There was a lot of good submissions, um, a lot of AJ Brown submissions. Mm. So I feel like you guys are going to have some of those. So I might hold off on, on one of them, but I thought this one was very creative. There are at least three touchdowns scored by players whose surname starts with H passing touchdowns, not included. Mm. So this could be Hertz. This could be Henry. This could be Hooper, but it doesn't have to be three different. Just there are at least 
Yeah, there are at least three touchdowns. So if Derrick Henry scores three touchdowns, this counts. Yes, that's fine. Okay. Yes. Hmm. So you got Hertz, you got Hooper, you got Henry. Henry. Mm-hmm. I think that that's there's a Hollister, but he's not had a touchdown. Mm, Cody Hollister, yeah. I don't think he's um, playing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, Dontrell Hilliard. Javon Hargrave. That's cool. Dontrell Hilliard actually leads the Titans in receiving touchdowns. So okay. There's, there's a lot of options here. I wish I had more turkeys. Two. Three. Four. Five. Five going once. Five going twice. Sold. All right. To Marissa. Like that one. Three plus each touchdowns. All right. I'll go next. Passing touchdowns not included. Correct. I did not. Okay. Just making sure. An Eagles player plays in his first game of the season. Hmm. He put that in knowing that I have fewer turkeys. No, I didn't. Um, this is an interesting one. It's do they elevate somebody from the practice squad who we, we don't know about? Two. You feel that convinced this is going to happen? Three. Bits and turkeys. What about if has anyone been inactive all year? And Well, yes, yeah. there is one player vying for the feely. Ian Book. Ian Book, yeah. But I don't believe be that he will be active. No. no. But no one else is. Uh, there might be. Uh, no, Janarius Robinson has not played, but he's still on injured reserve. Um, I don't. I don't think there's anyone non-practice squad who would qualify. Okay. Did I say three? Three. Four. I'll go five. This makes the inactives. I guess yeah. we'll find out tomorrow if they elevate somebody. So it doesn't even. It doesn't matter if they're active. They have to be on the field. They got to play a snap. But yeah, I mean, if they're going to be and special team snaps counts. Yes. Okay. Five going once. I'm out. Five you going twice. You can have. All right. Sold to bow. Sold. Okay, I am up here. Miles Sanders. Reaches 1,000 yards for the first time in his career. The context here is Miles Sanders is at 900 yards. So he needs a 100-yard game here to become a 1,000-yard a, a rusher, which I think we can all agree is a meaningful milestone. One. Yeah. It's no 60-catch season, but it's something. It is not. I agree there. Against the number one run defense. You bid one, Marissa? Yep. I'll say two. Three. Three going once. Three going twice. Sold to Marissa. All right. Hey. Bring on Deniz. Here we go. Lots of colors. All right, the item. The Titans score fewer points than the total number of turkeys bid on this item by all three players. This mm. is a sealed bid first price auction. All three players privately write down their bids and then reveal them at the same time. The highest bidder wins the item and pays their own bid. The other two do not pay anything. Note, even though the losers don't pay anything, their bids still matter 
because the item itself is based on the total number of turkeys bid by all three players. So the more you bid as a loser, the more valuable the item is for the winner. If there is a tie for highest bid, each of the players involved in the tie are rewarded an equal fraction of the item and each pays that fraction of their bid, rounding up to the next whole turkey if needed. For example, if there is a two-way tie at 11 turkeys, the two players who bid 11 would each pay six turkeys and then each get half a point if the item hits. If there's a three-way tie and all three bidders get a third of the item and pay a third of their bid, rounding up to the nearest whole turkey. Again, the item this is, is fewer. Okay. The Titans score fewer points than the total number of turkeys bid on this item by all three players. Okay. Wait, so the tight the Titans score fewer points than the total of all three turkeys. The unknown players. Okay. This is a good one. Um Okay. Okay, wait, I again don't have a pen. So pulling a number up on my phone. Okay. Three, two, one. Wow. I bid zero. Marissa bids 10. Zach bids five. So they have to score fewer than 15 points. Wow. And Marissa paid 10 turkeys for it. Wow. So Bo really tried to game theory us on that. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Eagles defense, I need you. <laughs> All right. Fewer, and it's got to be 15. Okay. Yes. Fewer, I mean, fewer. So so 15 yes. doesn't count. All right. That was a good one. Well, All right. You're up, Marissa. Well, I mean, I that's tough for you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It's okay. I had extra turkeys this week. All right. Hold on. Oh, I like this one too. The same team will have possession at both two minute warnings. Ooh, good one. Uh, three. Fifty-fifty chance here, right? So, maybe uh, just underneath because there's a chance no one has possession. Oh, um, four, five. Marissa throwing turkeys left and right around. I got it. I got to like get Thanksgiving. <laughs> I'll say six. Okay, I'm out. I don't have turkeys to spare. So six going once six going twice. Sold. Okay. Same two men warning position. Okay. Uh, the Eagles have their lowest time of possession of the season in this game against a Titans team that wants to hold the ball for context, their lowest time of possession of the season, 19 minutes and 36 seconds against Washington three weeks ago. One. What are you doing with that mic, Zach? Marissa private messaged me that my mic is, yeah. She said, we need a little bit more mic noise. Could you really ramp that up? I tried I'm, to do it off air, but I I'm, so, I'm sorry about that. You're, you're hearing a lot of noises from my mic. I apologize. I apologize. One going once. One going twice. Sold to Marissa. Wow. Really? Yeah, that one was pretty low, but. 
I know. That's a good, I mean, one, one, one anything, anything for one turkey. Throw a dart, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right, Zach. So there's a theme to my submissions this week. Everything has to do with 1,000. Okay, you saw that in the first one. You'll see that in the third one. And now you'll see it in the second one, too, which is AJ, AJ Brown reaches a 1,000 yards on the season. And AJ Brown has 831 yards right now. Ooh. So he would need 100, at least 169 yards, which would be a career high for him to reach 1,000 yards. Um, as a point of clarification here, he, his nickname is, is Mr. 1K. It has nothing to do with 1,000 yards, as I learned this week. What is it? He wouldn't tell me, but it has nothing to do with 1,000 yards, which I, I – I guess I sounded kind of foolish. I, I figured it had something to do with that because in the media guide, it says Mr. 1K or UPS because he always delivers. And uh, I figured it was something to do with uh, football. But he wouldn't tell you what 1K is? No, he couldn't tell me. Okay. So I'm out on this one. I think he's going to have a good game, but that is. Yeah, career high. One. 169. And you said it's a career high, not a season high, right? That'd be a career high, yep. Okay. One going once. One going twice. Sold to Zach. Okay. okay. All right. All right. The item. The Eagles wear white socks. In the six games with the green jerseys this year, the Eagles have worn white socks in all three day games and black socks in all three night games. This is a hybrid all pay auction. The player who won the last item, item seven, writes down their bid for this item and does not reveal the bid itself, but does say whether their bid is odd or even. Note, zero is an even number. Next, the other two players bid publicly as, an, a, as a usual auction without knowing the first player's bid and they're only allowed to bid odd numbers if the first player's bid is even, and only even numbers if the first player's bid is odd. Once the two players finish bidding, the first player reveals their original bid to compare to the hired number. Once, once the two players finish bidding, the first player reveals their original number to compare to the higher of the other two players' bids. The higher bidder wins the item, all three play players pay their own highest last bid oh they do oh, okay yes so that's bolded and underlined the higher bidder wins the item and all three players pay their own highest last bid okay so I you write your number down marissa and the item is the eagles wear white socks which they have done no it in... wasn't me it was me yeah it was oh, that, Zach. Which it oh, takes Zach. The fun out of it mm. so he's gonna write down two <laughs> wait so they they Okay, the item they again. Have, yeah. The Eagles wear white socks. In the six games with the green jerseys this year, the Eagles have worn white socks in all three day games and black socks in all three night games. All right. And then once I write... Gosh, you just tell us if you're writing down odd or even. Yeah. Okay. I don't like this. So basically, you guys can change your bids, but I can't change mine. Correct. Uh, this is 
I'm trying to think, figure out the game theory here. Okay. Even. You wrote down an even number. Yes. Okay, so we have to bid odd. So one. Do I have to go in an in the increment, or can I jump bid? I think you have to go in the increment, but I can. Next, only the other two players bid publicly, as in a usual auction, without knowing the first player's bid, and are only allowed to bid odd numbers if the first player's bid is even, and only even numbers if the first. Okay, player's bid so is I can odd. jump. Okay, five. Oh, you just <laughs> jumped me to five. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Uh, uh, I mean, I don't care about the socks as much as Daniels does, uh, but he's making it sound like this is a this is a foregone conclusion. I'll say seven. Plus, I'm draining you a five. I don't know if I want to go up to nine. Uh. Seven going once. I'm out. Seven going twice. Sold. Zach, what'd you have? What do you think? Two. Four. Zero. Zero. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So both so that one. You're down to five, Marissa. No, I'm not. I, yeah, you you lost five turkeys. Oh shoot. I forgot <laughs> about that. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh um, I'm at 13. Zach's at 11. Dang, I forgot. Diniz, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, Marissa, you're up. I read that last line twice, too. Okay. Rookie mistake. All right. Let me get my other list up. Okay. I think we might have to have a semantic discussion about whether zero is an even number. Yeah. But I listened I would... to the description. The description said zero. Yeah. I oh, would that... say it's okay. even, too. Yes. But... Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Denise said in there specifically yeah. zero is an even number. So okay. yeah, I, I registered that in there. So okay, Jordan Davis plays at least fifteen snaps. Three, four, five, five going once, five going twice. Sold to Marissa. She's all out of turkeys. I'm out. Marissa came here to do two things: spend turkeys, yeah, and kick some I ass. Some. Oh. Okay, uh, fifteen snaps. All right. Uh, my item is in this game. There is either a safety or a touchdown of at least eighty yards, or both. One. Here, one. Zach, do I hear two? Two. Three. You can have it at three. Low probability item, but I, I need to be careful with my turkeys. Okay. Sold to bow for three. All right, Zach, you're up. Yeah, so if, if I was being mischievous here or dishonest, then I would adjust my my item understanding that I have the most turkeys right now, right? But I'm going to 
You've got yeah. a one turkey lead on me. You've got 11. I'm going to stick to what I, I wrote down. Um, and I'm also proud of this 1,000 yard theme. Okay. The. You're pr- um, how proud are you of it? <laughs> not that proud of it, but I try I like to be. I try to be thoughtful here. And yeah, this ties yeah. into, and all these tie into a theme of the week too, as, as this one does. Okay. The total amount of kickoff return yardage in Eagles games this season. So total amount, both teams surpasses 1000 yards in this game. The, uh, that number, you're right. Zach. At, you should be proud of this. This is great. This is good that stuff. number. That number is at 837 yards this season. So you are betting that there are, uh, a total number. Um, 163 um of, of uh, no i'm just looking up something here um of uh of, of 163 kickoff return yards in this game at least between the two teams combined between the two teams combined correct okay i like that and this is why aj brown goes by mr 1k <laughs> this is not why aj brown goes by mr 1k so i hear one one Two. Two going once. Is it Two. kickoff and punts? Or just just kickoff. Just kickoff. Okay. Just kickoff. Do I hear three? Two going once, two going twice. Sold. Touchbacks don't count. This is return yardage. 163 is what you need? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So I need either I, I need a big return, basically, or at least or a lot of or a lot of twenty five okay. yard returns. Yes. Okay. Okay. All right, Dennis, what do we got to close this bad boy out? The item. We've heard this one before. The Eagles win the game. Mm. Regular auction, but unlimited borrowing from next week's turkeys is allowed for all bidders. If the item does not hit, the winner's turkeys will all be pardoned like a turkey back guarantee and refunded in full. I'll borrow three from next week. I'll bid 10. I'll bid 11. So Zach nine has nine is- left, so he's borrowing two. Yeah, and- he's continuing to spend his credit. Didn't learn his lesson from last week. I'm okay if Zach gets it. I just don't want Bo to get it. 12. Can, is there any chance you can tell me how many items each of you has? You don't have to tell me the items, just the amount of items. Yes, I have, I have four and Marissa has five. Oh, I have four. 13. <laughs> oh! I'm going for it. I got to. 15. 15. Are you kidding? You're just not going to play next week? I would no. I I've got ten turkeys left right now, so I'm only borrow. That only means I'm borrowing five. Okay. I I can't do that. Then I'm really gonna screw myself if I don't win. No, you get it back. Well, if you don't win the week, you're saying. Yeah. If the Eagles lose, you get all the turkeys back. Yeah. Or the turkeys you you get all the turkeys or just the turkeys you borrowed. All the turkeys. All the turkeys. Oh, I mean, I can only borrow turkeys right now. 
Yeah. And I'd be borrowing everything from next week. So you I would go the... into next week. I wouldn't even be playing, basically. Okay. Oh. I found this on the Yeah. Theory. Zach's mistress in with, with some game theory. The predicament that I'm in is that even if I borrow and even if I bid on this item and even if I, if it wins, I have a low probability of winning this week. I have two items, neither of which have a high probability of occurring. I have AJ Brown and the kickoff returns. So I could be doing this to play defense to try to stop Bo from getting this item. But the reality is Bo has four items as it is. I don't know. I'm, I mean, yeah. So Bo's at what, 15 right now? Correct. So if I do 16, then I'm bidding. You're only borrowing seven turkeys. Seven turkeys for next week. Um, 15 going once. 15. 16. Ooh. Yes, Zach. I love it. 16. 16 going once. Now the, the 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 nice thing for you, obviously, you're all you're as, there's a party that's rooting for a loss because you get sixteen I'm not turkeys. Rooting for a loss, but I recognize that the, you know there is that it's it's like when you buy something um, from Best Buy during the holiday season and they have the extended you know return, right? Like you know you can uh, you can return it if need be. What I'm really trying to do is figure out a way that either Marissa or or I win. Well, I doubt I win, but I would like Marissa to win or all of us to tie. I'm trying to create a situation where I'm afraid I'm I'm afraid if Bo gets this and he already has the item where he uh you know the socks which is seems likely to occur, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, so that's 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 my concern here is that uh is Bo winning. Um me too. But I also don't like to I don't like debt as it is, right? So I, I I don't like to be operating from a position of debt. But I point, agree. I would out. really win on it, Zach. I just can't do 17 turkeys into yeah. next week. I'm not even going to be playing yeah. next week. You going there, Bo? Going once. Going twice. 17. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um. I see I'm I'm listening to the chat here, by the way. I'm reading the chat and I I see Matt PD03 is telling me to sit this out. Uh yes, Conan. <laughs> I am I am talking through it. Okay. You know what? Matt that Matt PD03, that's Warren Buffett. <laughs> that's not Warren Buffett. Come on. Um, that's Munger. <laughs> it's Munger. Munger in the uh, chat. 17 going once. I'm I'm going to play my odds here, and I'll let you have it for 17 here. 17 going twice? Yeah. Sold. You got it. Marissa, I, I'm counting on your turkeys. I know. I didn't want him to get that, but, like, we could real – if we win this week and then he just bet – well, the real backfire, the real backfire possibility for me here is yeah, if the Eagles yeah, win, but that. Marissa and I tie. Exactly. Um, and, and I have I, five items already, so that's sir, it's definitely possible. I do think that mine are slightly like likelier to hit, but let, we'll, okay. we'll go a quick run through. Marissa has uh the three plus touchdowns from the H's. That's a good one. That could definitely hit. 
Miles Sanders rushes for at least 100 yards. Not crazy. Uh, the Titans score fewer than 15 points. Yeah. Possible where they play. Definitely possible. Uh, you know what? Maybe, I think Marissa might. She's got a shot here. Lowest time of possession. That one will be tough. And then Jordan Davis plays at least 15 snaps. You could, you, you got a shot to rack up three or four wins here, Marissa. Zach's got A.J. Brown has 169 yards receiving or more. And uh, the kickoff returns combined for at least 163 yards. That one could happen. That could hit. That could hit. We could have a long kickoff return touchdown that would benefit both of us, Zach. Mm. Uh, I, because I have, there's a safety or an 80-yard 80 80 plus touchdown. The Eagles win. The Eagles wear white socks. The same team has possession for both two-minute warnings. And an Eagles player plays in his first game of the season. All right. If anyone in the chat uh, knows Greg D from um, the Eagles equipment staff, uh, tell him to to mix all the white socks with the with like the green jerseys, so you can't use those uh, because those are discolored. Do we know like one hundred percent they're wearing green jerseys? I think they, they have an outside. Yes. Yeah, yeah, they typically do. So can't be the black ones again. It won't no, be black jerseys. Really, yeah. yeah, and I don't think it's gonna be white. They typically wear green at home mm -hmm. this time of year. All right. Uh, now, remember, we've got Kevin Agandi coming up. Stay tuned for that. Uh, it was a fun discussion that we had yesterday. Lots of uh, lots of good Eagles topics. Uh, we'll find out what he says about Peckness Migrate, Howie Roseman, Nick Sirianni, and Jalen Hurts. Mm -hmm. So lots to get to. Uh, before we do that, though, Zach, you and I got to close out this bad boy with our crystal ball Eagle predictions. So Eagles-Titans here. And uh, Eagles are four and a half point favorites. The over under is 44 points. Okay. So not expecting a lot of points here. This is a, as Bo said at the, at the beginning of the week, and it's a good way to frame it. This is a litmus test game for the Eagles. Uh, that if you look at the things that they're weak at, run defense and special teams are what the Titans are, are, are best at. Um, I think Jimmy Kemsky put it well in his prediction that he'd rather take the team that has AJ Brown and, you know, an explosive passing offense than team that doesn't have AJ Brown and explosive passing offense. And that's, that's what I think is going to be the difference of, of, of the game. I think the Eagles can move the ball through the air better, more explosively uh, and more efficiently than the Titans can. Um, but I think the Titans are going to play them tough as they have almost every team this season. Since those first two weeks, they played the, Chiefs tough, as we mentioned, and I think the Eagles are, are going to have to grind this one out. Uh, I think they win, but they don't cover. Surprise, surprise there. Okay. <laughs> um, and I think the score, I'm, I'm going with 23-21 Eagles. All right. Uh, I think this is going to be a, a muck and grind game, but I also think that the Eagles are going uh, to surprise. Uh, a little bit in this game. I think, I think they're going to come out uh, and they are going to be the better team than the Titans pretty decisively. It'll be a, it'll be a close game because that's what the Titans do. Um, but I, I think the Eagles will have it. will will pull away at the end. Um, there's this, you know, the betting markets have now dropped the Eagles below the, uh, the Cowboys and the Niners in terms of like team strength. Uh, if you look at like unpredictable, they're they're a little bit below those two other teams, and I think I think that's going to be uh, recorrected after this game. I think this is going to be a chance as there are all these big games happening this weekend 
for the Eagles to remind some people that that this is a very good team. Now, I also think that this may mean that they they then lose next week. Um, we'll get to that. But I think the Eagles are going to win this game and cover. Um, it'll still be tight in the fourth quarter, but they're going to win by a touchdown. Um, and the A.J. Brown party uh, will happen. I think he will score. Uh, let's say he's going to score two touchdowns in this game. You know, we, we haven't seen those like um, – the like, like the red zone slants to AJ Brown really since that Washington game uh, in Washington. I think we're going to maybe see that come back. How many uh, yards for AJ? A red zone touchdown for AJ. Uh, he's going to only have 96 yards Ooh, okay. receiving, but he's going to score two touchdowns. Uh, and the Eagles are going to win this game a very straightforward 21 14. That means Marissa hits her under 15, which will be good for her. Um, and they move to 11 and 1. There you go. You know what, Zach? We I, we talked about this is not related to the uh, prediction, but it's just to close the book on something that we discussed. Remember during the game uh, when Jalen Hurts had that check down to Miles Sanders in the middle of the field, and I said something like, "I think like I don't think that he's thrown that pass all year long." Uh, I went I went back through the the heat map. The only time this season where he's thrown uh, like the ball to a running back in the middle of the field like that, short in the middle of the field, was Week One. To Kenny Gainwell it was on one of those like planned, uh, you know that little angle route. So it is true that was that that was correct. Good work. A little a little a little a uh, little growth from Jalen Hurts taking that middle of the field check down. Anyway, twenty one fourteen. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, oh no, I thought you were finished with the Eagles. Go on. Yeah, with, uh, no, twenty one fourteen. Eagles win, okay. uh, and they force uh, they force one fumble uh, before. Uh, our our interview with Kevin Nagandi here. I'm curious uh, for your soccer prediction because big game tomorrow. Mm. You are our resident soccer expert, and uh, mm. I gotta say, for for like people of our generation, I think there's there's nothing more like Saturday morning at 10 a.m. than a soccer game, right? So, um, looking forward to watching that tomorrow. What does that mean? I always associated growing up. I always associated like Saturday mornings with soccer. Did you oh, have okay. like Saturday? Yeah, that's that's yeah yeah mean, okay. Right? So. Yeah, it, it used to be all, you know, no matter what your sport was growing up, if you played in a soccer league, it was typically on a Saturday morning, right? Okay. So that's the, that's what I associated with. I'm nervous, nervous about this game, but excited, excited to see how they play. Um, I don't know. I don't know. If, I, I think they got a shot. I'm, I'm not willing to go on the record and predict it because uh, I want to let it happen. Um, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I want to see what they do. I mean, I I do want to see Gio Reyna on the field. I don't know if it's going to happen, um, but I I think they have a real chance to dominate in the middle of the field with Adams, Musa, uh, and McKinney. The 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 Dutch uh, midfield is not that great, but uh, Cody Gakpo, yeah. uh, he can he can strike it. I I don't think that the eagle the the, the Eagles. I don't think that the uh, U.S. national team is going to have another shutout. I think they're going to have to score a couple goals to win this game. So I hope they do. The Netherlands, it's it's a it's a likable team, right? It's not like you know, there's this yeah, freaky deaky Dutch. I don't know. Yeah. They got the flu running through them. I saw that. I saw that. So yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to watching that game. Hopefully not. Uh, hopefully the flu is running through them just like Gio Reyna will be, just like Tim Weah will be. There you go. All right, Zach. Uh, let's take a little break. Back on the other side, a nice extended conversation with the official sports Indian of Birds with Friends, Kevin Nagandi. 
All right. We are back on Birds with Friends. Very pleased to be joined now. Kevin Nagandi from ESPN. Kevin, how are you? Thanks for joining us. I'm great, Bo. I'm great, Zach. Thanks for having me on. Uh, Honestly, uh, coming off a win like that on Sunday night, it's great to talk about the Birds heading into December. Now, you were there with the family on Sunday night. Am I right? What was that like? It was great. You know, uh, we had a blast. It was our first home game of the season. We were there. I took my two sons to the opener against the Lions, their first road trip. Uh, That was great. Never dull, uh, never easy as the way that game played out. But I knew we were going to be in a dogfight like that because the Lions, I felt like, especially early in the season, were going to give teams a a tough time. Um, To me, Sunday night, uh, so my oldest son cannot stand Aaron Rodgers. And at smart, one smart guy. game, I, I told him, I said, do you know how lucky you are, though? In the last year, you get to see Tom Brady. We, we were at the playoff game um, okay. in Tampa. And Aaron Rodgers in a year. And my and son, Jared Goff. And Jared Goff in between, yeah. <laughs> and, and my son just looked at me and goes, I don't care about Aaron Rodgers. He stinks. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, said, right, I think well, your son and I would get along very well. You're a true Eagles fan, but but at the same time, years from now, you will appreciate what you got to see. And I look back, and I, I feel the same way when I saw Gretzky with the Kings, right, where it was like I knew back in the you know early 90s that I was watching somebody great, but when you reflect even – even more later on, you're like, good gosh, I saw the greatest hockey player of all time. And, you know, the, the chance that our whole family, my wife is a converted Eagles fan. She's good a Floridian and she bought into everything. And our daughter just had a blast. And our middle son, uh, the cool thing about my middle son, who's eight, is I've taken him to sporting events. He's one of those type of uh, kids that he doesn't care about going to walk around the stadium. He doesn't care about getting food or all the kids attractions. When he sits down, whether it's a Sixers game, a Phillies game or an Eagles game, he doesn't want to move. He wants to watch everything and understand why this play is important. What does this mean? My 10 year old, who's the athlete is just like, all right, let's get some candy that I'm bored. You know? So it's funny to see how both of them interact while watching the game. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about that because we are a, uh, we are a, a dad uh centric show here so you've got a 10 and 8 and and how old is your daughter and what is their level of of fandom uh uh 10 year old is crazy about sports into fantasy wants to beat his dad every single week talks about fantasy and who's gonna start why i mean this morning at the bus stop he's telling me about his top five wide receivers in the game and how he's putting together a video all on his own and we went down, why is this guy here? What about that guy? It's okay if A.J. Brown's not in the top five. No, Ooh. Dad, A.J. Brown's in the top five, you know. Yeah. What are you going to do with Devontae Adams and DeAndre Hopkins, you know. But him explaining all that stuff, it shows you he's <laughs> locked in. The eight-year-old loves it. He loves it because um, he loves fantasy football. He's second in our family picks behind me. Nice. Uh, they are all in on who's winning what and why. But the eight-year-old is like, all right, I can move on too. I'm here because you guys love it, but I can move on as well. I'm not attached to this as much as the 10-year-old. Uh, the six-year-old just – she's just like, Mom, <laughs> these two boys are crazy. I love the Florida Gators like I love you. And uh, we're good to go. But she buys into it. She'll she'll talk about Zach Ertz and Joel Embiid uh, all the time. 
I'm, I'm curious the perspective you have right now on the Eagles because it's an interesting one in that you, you have the fanaticism as if you're still in Phoenixville or North Broad Street, but you're kind of detached from the echo chamber, as you well know, that, that could consume Eagles fans when they, if, if they're 10-1, and one, but there are a few kickoff returns that are too long, or if, if the run defense gives up big gains, right? Those can be the focus. What's the perspective outside Philadelphia? And in particular, you're around great football minds every day as well of how the Eagles are doing from a national perspective. I, I, I'm pretty lucky. I get to work with uh, phenomenal analysts like, you know, the Mina Kimes, the Marcus Spears, the Dan Orlovsky, the Ryan Clarks, the guys that we see on NFL live, and then they come right into SportsCenter. And then we have those conversations and commercial breaks or in the green room, and they're asking me a perspective. I'm asking them a lot more about film and what they're seeing. Booger McFarland's another guy. Uh, Monday night countdown and we'll shoot notes constantly and he works Sunday night with uh, Chris Berman. So from their perspective, uh, I I gather uh, like, hey, how good is this team? That's what I ask. Like, what makes this team so good? And then I jump in and say, don't forget about this guy and that guy and this guy. Here's the explanation of why, you know, this is the run game. and all. So they are looking from the treetops perspective. The one consensus is the Eagles are in the top two in the NFC. And they also are majorly concerned. Orlovsky did a great breakdown with Spears earlier this week. Uh, as well as Ryan Clark about the defensive front, something we've talked about. I think you guys collectively, as Philadelphia media have talked about for several weeks, uh, they're concerned about that. And if they can get through the next couple of weeks with, you know, of course, what we're dealing with this weekend and Derrick Henry, and then moving on to Saquon Barkley, uh, I think that you could breathe a little bit if Jordan Davis comes back. Their opinion is that they'll keep an eye on a team like the 49ers. Uh, and what they bring defensively, but also all the tools that they have on offense and the weapons that they have. Um, Cowboys are, of course, a topic you can't escape, regardless if they're good or bad. Uh, Do you guys ever talk about them? Uh, yeah, we, we, unfortunately, I have to hear about it. Uh, they talk about the Cowboys, but I think they have some concerns about the Cowboys. Uh, but I brought up to them yesterday, especially in a meeting, James Washington's coming back healthy. And who knows what happens with Odell Beckham. If that helps with the weapons, specifically with, you know, whatever they're trying to do in the, with Pollard and Zeke, then, then I'm a little concerned about where this Cowboys team's going to be. But I will say, coming back to my my eight-year-old, whose teacher in third grade is a Cowboys teacher and tr talks Ooh. trash with him back and forth, uh, he said, Dad, are we going to lose on Christmas Eve? And I said specifically, I think we're going to win, but if we lose, don't panic. We won, we won already one game against them. All I care about is the one seed and getting healthy in the playoffs. I could care less about how everything else plays out. Just get the one seed and make sure the line on offense and defense is healthy for the run. And I use the Phillies as the perfect example, right? Get healthy at the right time. Get hot at the right time. We saw that in 2017. I have the same perspective. Week in and week out, just don't get hurt. If we could use that, that first round by, we'll take it. I think that's right. Now the 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 tiebreaker is likely to go to the Cowboys, so there that would mean the Eagles have to win the rest of their games or hope that the Cowboys drop one. But uh, I think that's right. Get the one seed. That's the most important thing. That's the most important thing. And and you know one thing I'm not bringing up the Vikings. I I'm not actually worried about the Vikings. And yeah. I hope that doesn't bite me uh, later on. But I'm not worried about the Vikings perspective wise. We've got the tiebreaker and potentially 
if we have to face Minnesota, they're coming back to Philadelphia. And we know what the last two games have been like there. That's right. Uh, give, I'm going to give you a, a birds with friends uh, initiation here. It's, I'm going to give you a peck nest migrate. Okay. So this is like, um, uh, so migrate is like, you're getting rid of it. Peck is you get the person for one year. Nest is you get them forever. Okay. As an Eagles fan, you're in charge. You're Jeffrey Lurie. Peck nest migrate Jalen Hurts, Nick Sirianni, and Howie Roseman. Uh, nest all three. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I hope I did that right. I keep. No, going. you gotta, you gotta, you gotta give one to each. Oh, you gotta migrate oh. somebody. Oh man, it's a tough, tough question. Yeah, it's really tough. Uh, boy, that's really tough, Bo. That. that um, <laughs> Uh, honestly, I, I I can't believe I'm saying this considering where we were a few years ago. But yeah. I, I would I would keep Howie Howie Roseman long term. Okay. Considering uh, one thing Howie has done, and and I say this that I can't believe I've said this. Uh, I would say this two from two years ago. Howie has learned from his mistakes, and Howie's admitted those mistakes. And 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 I admire that about Howie. I've been really hard on Howie, and I've, I've praised Howie. I thought yep. he hit every single. Uh, free agent acquisition in 2017 and he constructed that team so well and understanding kind of hey strike while you can because you've got that rookie quarterback contract right and that's how he constructed the whole team physicality with the running backs and, and understanding we're gonna have a jai here and there and you know chris long and a couple of other ingredients uh and how he's done the same exact thing this offseason he has nailed everything and, and he knows what I think he knows the mistakes he made specifically in, in the draft and he's addressed them. So I would keep him because he's in charge of the entire roster. Right. I would also keep Jalen hurts. <laughs> Jalen hurts is a, a unique. So, so is that the, the, the part where we keep uh, him for a year, you can peck him. Yeah. Right. We keep him for one year Keep him for the rookie contract. Yeah. There you go. I, and, I, and it's just not fair, Bo, that because the headline will be like, Oh, Kevin, was no, I'm right. the one, I'm the one who put you in the position. Yeah. I mean, I think we could agree that like the head coach, is very important, but probably is the least important to this puzzle of those three, I would guess. 100%. But I will say that Nick Sirianni's perfect for this team and perfect for Jalen Hurts. He's done an incredible job in the last year, you know, last year and two months, ever since, you know, we're planting the flowers and fertilizer and all the seeds and all that stuff, right? He's just, he's... he's he was right about that, yeah. So, like, like, his... his uh, Ability to understand this isn't working. I tried it this way. Let me change. Look, look what happened to the Packers game. It can be intoxicating intoxicating if you could just say, I want to pass the ball. I want to show everybody in my offense Sunday night football. What's working? The running game. What's our biggest asset? It's not Jalen Hurts. It is our offensive line. We're getting this look from Joe Barry. Let's keep on going. Let's keep on going. Let's keep on going. And we're going to pound the football. And I think the biggest strength of this team is the offensive line. And, and they understand that. And then it offshoots to everybody else. We all see the, the Philly stuff in the background here. You spoke about your family connections with Philadelphia sports. Um, I, I'm, 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 I'm fascinated by your journey to this point except for the fact that you transferred out of Syracuse. You could have yeah. stuck around a little bit longer. Uh, but <laughs> but I, I, I bring this up because we have a lot of listeners and viewers who are outside of the Philadelphia area whose experiences are probably similar to yours. So as, as you've had this, this pathway to, to a, a national spot here, how have you kept 
those Philadelphia connections. And if you're in Sarasota or you're in Missouri, what's it like following Philadelphia sports from afar? So back in the day when I was in uh, Missouri and I was in Sarasota, we're talking 20 years ago, my dad would send me clippings of the Daily News. He would literally, uh, I, I would get a week later some of the stuff because the internet wasn't really that prevalent. So I, that's how I'd read the headlines, right? I, I found myself going back home, you know, every other month. Uh, I would say, yeah, every other month, making sure that I was still tied into it. I'd go back to Channel 6 Action News to see uh, the late, great Gary Papa and Phil Andrews and a bunch of guys there to talk to them uh, about, like, the media and, and what am I missing. And I would make sure my brother and my dad would, you know, tape uh, you know, broadcast and send it to me so I could watch it on VHS. And what did I miss? I made sure that was relevant 20 years ago. The, the cool thing, of course, the internet, everything's now closer. Um, so I don't miss a beat. I've got text chains now with so many people. My cousin's text chain, where at least four or five times a day, we're getting updates on Trey Turner. We're getting updates on what's going on, you know, with the injuries, with the Eagles, uh, how the Sixers look right now. Uh, same with all my buddies in town. So that's kind of how I keep it fresh at all times. Um, listen, living in Connecticut, you're, you're stuck in that, that zone of uh, making sure my kid doesn't grow up to be a Giants fan, right. doesn't grow up to be a Mets fan, doesn't grow up to be a Patriots fan. You know, my, my son, my oldest son's soul, sports soul, was at stake at that Patriots-Eagles Super Bowl. He was five mm. years old, and his best friends were all wearing Tom Brady jerseys. So I knew that we had to win because how am I going to sell a five-year-old? So all of that stuff has stayed true. And, I mean, you guys are in my basin. I mean, I got the pennants here everywhere. I make sure it's, it's bled everywhere. I make sure I take them to games because that's how I fell in love with it, with my connection to the teams, the moments, and my family. So it's really important to me that I can try to take them down. You know, my wife has taken our kids down to Florida Gator games. So they have that connection to the Gators. We take them to Temple games. We, we make sure that, that they're aware of who they are and why we follow what we follow. Um, and... That has never left me. It's part of my DNA. It's the reason why I got into sports as an eight-year-old when I was reading the Inquirer and that, not reading, just finding stats so I could pull it out and bring it up to my dad as part of a conversation while he's cussing at Ron Jaworski and Dick Vermeil. And that's how I kind of fell in love with the idea of educating somebody who doesn't know enough about sports. Let me help him. Why is he getting so mad at Jaworski again? So uh, with that, I carried that through with everything I did. Going to Temple, of course, for four years. Part of my DNA, best thing I could ever have done in my career. Uh, you know, I was I was covering Allen Iverson when he was drafted number one while I was in college. I was there when Jordan showed up with the, you know, 96, 97 team and in the locker room and experiencing all of that stuff while you're in college. So everywhere I go, everywhere I turn, uh, Philadelphia is part of my DNA. And it's also, it also helps that, some of these teams play really well, and I get to share that on TV. That's certainly fair. Um, so uh, a guy who used to work for us, uh, who used to be a part of this podcast, uh, Sheila Kapadia, yeah. uh, I will say his name. Uh, you know, he 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 introduced us to the um, the diversion of, of hashtag sports Indians and uh, uh, robotic Indians. But I did want to ask you about, like, uh, how important to you has it been um, from a representation angle to – 
uh, to be where you are now and and sort of, um, you know, set that stage for uh, for the hashtag Sports Indians. Well, shout out to Shiel. Um, love the guy. And I'm really proud of him and what he's done. Because, listen, when I You're saying it, not up, us. Just we, we don't endorse that. That's I like understand. your I'll, words. So yeah. I'll be the only one who says it, right? <laughs> it's just part of the, you know, yeah. Um, when I was growing up, no one looked like me on TV. Right. And let alone, you know, sports guys, but there were no news people that looked like me on TV. Right. The only way I could see somebody that looked like me on TV was, uh, you know, when my dad would bring back VHS tapes of cricket matches from India, Mumbai. Right. And then we we go, oh, oh, there's there's an Indian announcer or, you know, a boo from, uh, you know, uh, the Simpsons. And, and you talk about the worst type of stereotype. And that right. was uh, on the national consciousness. So when I got into TV, I, my job was to break the stereotype. My, that was my goal that, hey, I love it as much as you. I'm as passionate as you are, the fan. We have one common interest. And so I made sure that, first off, I knew my stuff. Um, coming to sport, uh, you know, ESPN and doing SportsCenter, the first few years, I knew I had to work harder than anybody else. Um, maybe unfair, but... I knew my first night on SportsCenter. I remember everything about it, but my experience was you better nail this A block, not just for my family and friends in my hometown of Phoenixville, but for Indians that are watching everywhere. This is their chance to actually kind of meld into society talking about sports. There was nobody who had done that on, on a network level. So unless you're Sanjay Gupta and, and we're all doctors, so we don't need uh, like, like that confirmation that we could talk about you know, medicine on TV, but talking about sports was completely different. So I took that pressure and that weight on my shoulders uh, unnecessarily, but it's kind of a duty that you have that I want to make sure I represent us to the best uh, capacity. Now, a couple years later, I see Anish Shroff's hired by us, Adnan Burke, Zubin Mahenti, Adam Amin, uh, a handful of people that look like me on TV, um, the Bill Kareem, like when you see, you know, a DT who's doing a phenomenal job with, uh, you know, CBS, when you see that growth, that means, okay, it's not just one of us. Because, you know, when they hired a niche, sure. a piece of me was like, am I being replaced? They've got the <laughs> one guy. Do they need to boot me out and then slide in the other guy? Yeah. And and it took me a while to, to be okay and comfortable that, hey, we've made it. And there's more of us and it's uh, we're not just taking one spot and I'm not taking somebody else's spot and somebody's going to take my spot. We can have two in the room. We can have three in the room. We can have four in the room. So, uh, you know, when you see guys like Shiel and I, I get hit up by a lot of people that are doing media on different platforms that look like me and they talk about it. I, I'm just I'm really proud. And I also know that all those people work so hard. And we have a work ethic that no matter what, the job has to be done. We don't care. We put our head down. We say yes to everything. And that's been consistent with many of us. Anish, I don't way, know if that's the case for sure, but go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I was I was, I was, putting a little Syracuse jab in because Anish mm -hmm. is a Syracuse guy. I'm, I'm sorry, Bo. I spoke over you there. No, I was just taking a shot at Shield. Go ahead. I, I know most of our audience are Philly sports fans, right? Yeah. But but you you've mentioned Temple. Uh, you have a very visible platform for Temple. Uh, where does is that spot in kind of your allegiance, and uh, and how does that carry through for you? 
So my brother took me to my first Temple basketball game in 1987 at McGonagall Hall against West Virginia. And this was the year before they were number one. I was 12. It was awesome. Like, it was a hot box. You could barely move. The place was so loud. Less than 3,000 people in McGonagall Hall back then. Um, and it was amazing. And I remember walking out. My brother was at Temple at the time. I remember walking out, and I was like, this is the most amazing experience, and I want everything to do with Temple basketball for the rest of my life. So when people ask me what's my passion, it, it, Eagles football is number one. That was my connection to my father and my brother and – my mom loved watching us watch the games. Temple basketball is number two. And, and Coach Chaney, uh, you know, rest in peace, was so influential with me in my career when I was a young, aspiring journalist. And being around him as much as I was, uh, it was, it was awesome. Every day was a life lesson, uh, a one-hour conversation about nothing to do with basketball. So Temple's there. Temple football, I love. I love. I love what we've done the last ten years. Um, I love the, the players and what the program believes in because it takes a certain person. I, I've said this to many of uh, of the classes there. It takes a certain person with the right DNA to understand what it's like to be a Temple owl. Uh, that never changes. Uh, the environment shapes you. The experience shapes you, and you're more prepared for everything outside of you know college when you graduate so I, I love everything about temple i'm passionate about the school uh the school communications the klein school we have a phenomenal dean and dean boardman uh so it's important i bring him up because he loves sports as well so uh temple is right there with my passion of you know all philadelphia things all philadelphia sports and and i make sure people hear about it we have fun uh, on the internet uh and social media talking about it i'll, I'll say real quick before Bo's question my Temple experience similar to you there was uh, I I was in fifth grade I, I I believe my dad took me Thanksgiving to or Thanksgiving break Temple Michigan State basketball game Pepe Sanchez hits two yes. free throws to win the fans rush the court I, I I was I think nine ten years old at the time couldn't believe it so, there's nothing uh, better Zach yes right now yes. I'm feeling really old because I was covering <laughs> Zach, uh, Pepe Sanchez I was in college back then and and. And again, like that environment, I, it's hard for me to describe because the next year after I was 12, when I went to that game on McGonagall, the next year they were number one in the country. Mark Macon, Mark, you know, Mike Vrieswick, the team was stacked. Tim Perry he was a, a first round pick. It was just something special and magical about Temple Hoops. And I tell people nationally, you guys have no idea what the Big Five is about, man, and how amazing college basketball is in that city when we talk about the rivalries. Now, Villanova's taken it to another level over the last few years. Uh, probably that's the nicest thing I'll ever say about Villanova. Uh, and we can move on because uh, <laughs> it's obviously a PG-13 podcast for me. Um, just like very open, you've, you've, you've had a chance to, to cover so many awesome events and do so many shows. What's your, what's your favorite thing to cover? Well, my favorite event that I've ever covered or favorite thing to cover now? Mm, I guess I guess favorite thing that you've ever covered. Uh, there are a handful of things, and there, there are a lot of them are Philly related. Uh, I've been very lucky to be at, you know, Super Bowl, the NBA Finals, the NHL Finals, I mean, Stanley Cup Finals, uh, the World Series, um, you know, covering the Special Olympics on the road at the World Games and stuff. To me, it's... Uh, a couple of them, but to host the Eagles parade 
Nice. On the ESPN family of networks to be the host with Sal Pal, where I'm hosting it with Sal, uh, something that I never thought would even happen that I, in, in, in a sense, as a fan, that I dreamed about to be on ESPN and hosting the Eagles parade. Like, That's pretty cool. If, if you told the eight year old that that was going, that was the end game. I mean, like, uh, you, I'm good to go to heaven right afterwards, right? It, it was one of those magical moments for me to see the crowd, the experience, to cover the NFL draft in Philadelphia. And, and you, your colleagues are like, this is incredible. And, uh, and the Parkway, I'm sure you guys were all there. And you're seeing 250,000 people losing their mind. And I'm like, this is my city. And this is how we show out. You know, screw your Santa Claus freaking stereotype, right? <laughs> Uh, I love I love moments like that where I can bring light to the city, magical moments. To the night Ben Simmons was drafted number one, I did Sports Center that morning and uh, drove down to cover it because we had Allen Iverson live, and the Sixers were like, "Well, we have Allen Iverson available, but he'll only talk to Kevin live in person." So I did the show that morning, drove down. Parked my car on the side street at the Parkway at 5:55. Popped on Sports Center, and we had a three-minute scheduled interview with Iverson. And this was the summer before he gets into the uh, Hall of Fame. And and Alan and I have talked before. We've done interviews before, and it was a three-minute scheduled interview. And we went over nine minutes, and there were some tears shed in the interview. And he was amazing to do that, Bo, to break like appearances and perspective that people have about Philadelphia and some of the icons in the city and to kind of be a gateway. I take great pride in that. And, and I take it seriously that I could do that for our audience to make, I think everybody who's listening to this that has Philadelphia ties proud of who we are. And I know we have this, oh, it's the national people who are against us. And well, there's one who's always with you. And, and now you I will also make sure we're not fools and call the idiots out that that one percent but at the same time i will make sure the 99 percent are well represented speaking of career highlights knowing the the eagles fan you are how was that 2017 season sharing a set with chip kelly <laughs> zach that was fun um, it always comes back to chip with zach for, for many reasons first off i was very critical of chip of course that i remember year. yeah and Chip and I had to do college football as well. So I was with Chip on Saturdays in the green room with a bunch of guys, like Joey Galloway, Jonathan Velma, Booger McFarlane. Uh, we had a blast. And Mac Brown, we had a blast in those green rooms because it was three shows. All of us at halftime after our shows would pop in and watch all the games on the big screens. So we would hear stories, you know, and, and we always had fun with Chip. And Chip opened up. But Chip you know, would every now and then bring up Wawa to me. Every now and then bring up, like, the current situation with the Eagles while they were making that run. And every time I'd be like, does he know all the <laughs> things I would say? <laughs> I'd say. And then Chip knew. Yeah. Um, but we would work every Sunday morning on SportsCenter where he would break down, you know, quarterbacks and offenses he liked. And they were great segments. And I was a big Chip fan. Me and him – had a lot of fun with that. We talk a lot about stuff off camera about the college game. And, and I never, I never brought up the Philadelphia experience. Cause I was like, it's too close to home. It's none of my business. I'm not going to do that. Every single segment I did with Chip Kelly, my Twitter timeline would blow up. With <laughs> so 
old man. How could you be on the same set with him? How could you be in the same space? How could you talk to them? And my answer to them would always be, hey, it's kind of working out right now. Have you seen what the Eagles did this week? Because that was the Carson Wentz year, the MVP run. So every weekend, my answer would be like, can't you just be happy where the Eagles are now? Like, why are you getting mad? Because they're they're winning right now. Um, so when Chip got the job at UCLA, couldn't be happier for him. We had a blast talking about it. Uh, I'm a big Chip fan. I learned a heck of a lot of football, and I learned who he was. And, you know, in the end, I think it worked out really well for everybody. Well, I'm glad I'm glad Zach got his he got his Philly roots in. He got his Chip Kelly in. He's he's really nailed and, it all. And Pepe Sanchez. So and Pepe Sanchez. The trifecta. Yeah. The trifecta. Uh, Kevin Naganda, you have been very generous with your time. Thank you so much uh, for for joining us and uh, good luck enjoying the rest of the season. Bo, Zach, thank you so much. Marissa, shout out to you. Go Birds. All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode of Birds with Friends. Thanks again. To Kevin Nagandi for joining us and being so generous with his time. Thanks to uh, Dayniz for the submissions, as always. Thanks to the live listeners and viewers in the chat. And uh, remember, we will see you Sunday evening following the Eagles game against the Tennessee Titans for your post-game Birds with Friends for Marissa and Zach and Kevin and uh, Tyre. I'm Bo. Thank you for watching and listening. And as always, we love you.